0: to another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. I am your host, Matt Hines. Excited to have you all here. Our very first episode of 2022. uh, Very excited for this year. I feel like we're recording this on Thursday. This is my fourth work day of the year. I don't know about you, Russell, but I feel like Monday, like we took the, we gave everybody last week off and it was awesome. Like we just like, my new yoga move is dad splayed me, dad splayed on the couch, half napping, (laughs) half watching college football. Um, That was last week. Monday, the RPMs weren't quite firing the way I need them to, but today, I feel like between a couple days of work and a little bit of coffee, we're getting there. But thank you, everyone, for joining us midweek. If you're you're following us on LinkedIn Live and joining us in the middle of your workday, thanks very much for joining. Uh, 15, 20 minutes or so each episode we are featuring each week some of the best and brightest minds in B2B sales and marketing to make all of you better, more successful, more productive, uh, not just as professionals, but as humans. If you like what you're hearing and watching here today, every episode, over 300 episodes of Sales Pipeline Radio, all available past, present and future at salespipelineradio.com. we have a lot to cover today, Russell. Very excited to have joining us today on Sales on Radio, Russell Benaroya wears many hats. He is the co-founder and partner of Stride. He is a coach. He's a speaker. He is an author. He is a world traveler. Um, <laughs> what did I miss? That's enough. That <laughs> is
1: enough. Thank you. Yeah, so great so, to be here, by the way. So lo- I, thank you, you know, for being I, our first yeah, guest of sure.
0: the year. And, and we have a lot, of, and I meant this, we have a lot we could cover here because, you know, you've, you've um, I like to say, like, the longer I live and the more mistakes I make. Um, and I and I think that there's a lot that you have learned over time, not just relative to sales and marketing. And I want to talk about finance, but also your book, One Life to Lead, talks about, you know, driving success, business success, but life success through better life design. So I want to get to that as well. Um, But our audience, you know, mostly B2B sales and marketing folks, I know you have lived that for years uh, in your role at Stride, you are playing a direct sales role, you are carrying a bag. Um, So maybe just before we get into it, just quick introduction, introduce yourself, your background and, and what brought you here.
1: Yeah. Well, again, first of all, love being on the show. Let's jump in. Let's let's add value Uh, today. I am the co-founder and partner at a company called Stride Services. We provide back office, bookkeeping, accounting, and CFO advisory services to marketing, primarily to marketing agencies and outsourced IT services firms. What I find about those two businesses is they happen to be in the exact same business that we are. They're selling to businesses on an outsourced basis. They're tracking a lot of the same metrics that we track as an outsourced provider. So there's a lot of kindred spirit that comes from that. We have a team of about 40 people. We serve 100 clients uh, throughout the United States. So that's a little bit about me uh, professionally. And yes, Matt, as you mentioned, I, I did publish a book in October which really has ended up being a, a field guide for me. The book is titled One Life to Lead. And I call it a field guide because it's not one of those books where it's like, oh, hey, everybody, I figured everything out. You should read the book. Maybe you'll figure it out too. It's more like, oh, these are the patterns of how I operate in my life. And this is how they have or have not served me in business. I need to pick, I need to keep referencing that book because it's hard to break
0: tough battles. Oh, yeah. No, I highly <laughs> recommend the book. We're going to get more into that one life to lead. Um, and and the, 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 the the question that I know you have associated with the book that I continue to sort of, it, it continued to naught me is like, until you can lead yourself, how can you expect to lead and manage others? And that is not an entrepreneur question. That is not a CEO question. You don't even have to have direct uh, reports. Like if you are trying to coordinate efforts among us or people, if you have children, if you have a partner or spouse like this actually... Uh, is highly relevant. But I wanted to start uh, with our guest today, Russell Ben Roya, talking about the finance side, because you mentioned sort of your focuses on um, sort of marketing agencies. And I mean, you <laughs> you know, we're I think we're good at the sales and marketing consulting, but not always good at the back end. Um, and I find that, that that there's an analogy there for in-house marketers as well, right? Who are good at the marketing, good at creative, good at campaigns, good, even good at designing demand generation programs but don't always know how to speak the language of finance talk a little bit about that gap what you've seen in your experience with in-house marketers and marketing agencies and what are some of the keys to bridging that gap not so that you know we don't need marketers to know everything about finance but there's a basic foundation that probably needs to be in place
1: yeah and just so i'm i'm clear because i want to buy for kate is it sales and marketing, talking about finance internally so that they're attuned to the economics of the organization that they're part of and or talking about finance as it relates to client sales and integrating finance related conversation in the sales process?
0: Uh, Yes. Yeah. I I think all of that applies, right? Yeah. No matter which conversation you're having to understand the economic component of that story is really critical. And I don't know that, I mean, I speak for myself, like, you know, I, I did not, I don't have an MBA, I don't have a finance background. It was well late in my career that I started to feel like I understood even the basics of finance in a way that I could not just grow a business, but also have that conversation externally. Where I
1: have felt the most rewarded by sales, by sales and marketing salespeople uh, in In my businesses and certainly what I see in agencies is when there's a curiosity Mm -hmm. to understand things like customer acquisition cost. How much does it actually cost us to acquire a customer or payback period? How quickly do we recover that cost when I sign a new client or lifetime value? How long? Is this client expected to stay on board for us to be successful and profitable as an organization? And when you have a finance partner that you can go and ask those questions to, that's super powerful in helping you orient as a salesperson to where you spend your time, what types of prospects you're willing to engage with, how you price that service. And maybe most important, what is the role of the salesperson in in lifetime value, right? Retention is so important. Does, Does sales have a role in that? Well, listen, if I understand the economics and I'm mapping my compensation to those economics, oh, it's such a beautiful symmetry that often fails because sales doesn't know the right questions to ask and often Finance doesn't have the answers to those questions.
0: Right. I love the way you characterize that. I think I had a friend of mine, Andy Crestadina, who runs a, a web marketing firm in Chicago. He said, you know, the, the the easier the metric is that you can report on, the less impactful it is. And I was thinking about that as you were mentioning, you know, some of these finance measures of like customer acquisition costs. Like you ask a lot of CFOs, what's my, my all-in acquisition cost? That is actually a really hard calculation to come up with because it's not just what you're doing in marketing it's what you're doing in sales and who else is involved in getting that sales deal across the line and, and so you start to but I think the 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 key here is not necessarily to have the right answer it's to know that that is an answer you need to seek and that is a metric as a marketer as a go to market as a sales leader as a revenue as a member of the revenue team you need to understand its important so there's a bit of sort of the an intent component here, there's a part of sort of just a culture around knowing and understanding and valuing that that I think gets you closer to where the CFO is so that there's a level of trust and alignment there.
1: It's awareness. It's connection to the mountain that we are collectively aiming to climb together and Mm -hmm. not necessarily knowing all the answers, but at least knowing what are the important questions to ask that helps make my position more strategic than just transactional. On the other side of the equation, when you're guiding clients in a sales process, what is the role of finance? I usually use this very simple four-quadrant mechanic, and it works something like this. Client has a problem or goal that they are trying to accomplish. We We have to be unambiguous together with that prospect in understanding what that problem or goal is, number one. Number two, they have faced challenges or obstacles in achieving that objective. And we want to get very clear with them, Uh the prospect on what are those challenges. And here's where the finance comes in. Number three, if we were able to overcome those challenges, what would be the value of overcoming those challenges and the work of a savvy go-to-market marketing and or salesperson is to help the prospect calculate that value of overcoming the challenges and that value could be in well i'm going to free up my time to sell more business oh really you're going to sell more business let's talk about that like how many more deals would you sign oh how profitable are those deals like you're really helping the client think or the prospect think about their financial impact Mm-hmm. Of you solving their problem. And then the fourth quadrant is, okay, so if you're recognizing that there's a lot of value to be created, what is the next step that you're willing to commit to on this journey with me to further toward that objective?
0: How important is precision in those in those answers? I mean I think about this relative to the idea of the proverbial or the, a uh, proverbial uh, ROI calculator where you say, oh, like here's how much you could potentially save or here's how much you could potentially make. And the variables that go into a lot of ROI calculators, like we spend too often we get into the weeds of like, oh, is that really valuable? Is that really accurate? Is that really precise? To me, it's less about being precise and more about sort of getting in the ballpark, right? If I can sort of take something from being an obtuse benefit to at least a band of benefit, Right. To say, okay, like, let's say the low end of this, if that happens, is that still useful? And do we agree generally these are the right variables to go into that? But even that level of maybe halfway math, right, Um, it gets you in the right direction and allows you to get to quantifiable benefits that your prospect CFO can appreciate and understand as well.
1: Totally. Like this is where your EQ comes into play because mm-hmm. it's not about being super analytical in that inquiry it's about meeting the prospect where they're at psychologically in what is the relief that they're trying to achieve some of the relief could be hey i just want to spend more time with my family right and that's super valuable to them and you don't necessarily need to quantify it it's just helping them see that you're going to unlock whatever they perceive to be the value to be and what i find is Prospects love when you're curious in wanting to understand what value looks like, even if it's not perfectly quantified. Just the fact that you're asking that without trying to close a deal, you're really curious is so awesome because, listen, you don't want to sign a client for
0: which they can't at some level calculate value. Well, and if you're selling something that you have – You have defined and valued one way and they're buying it based on some different calculation that maybe you cannot stand up to. Maybe you're not positioned your sales, your product or service cannot deliver. You're setting everybody up for failure at that point. Right. So having totally defining that up front, defining it and talking about those as values, almost more important than having the precise number at the end of the end of the equation, talking to the sales pipeline radio with Russell Benaroya, he is a co-founder and partner at Stride. Check them out. Stride.financial, great content, uh, doing some really great work. Before we get into life design, I wanted to my follow up question is around, you know, sales and marketing professionals maybe listening to this, whether they're early in their career or even CMOs, you know, senior marketing leaders who just don't feel like they really understand finance. I have been there. Quite frankly, I'm still there. I think I'm in a, it's a journey, not a destination. Um, but there can be a level of, um, you know, just kind of um, apprehension around, like, how do, who do I ask? Like, where do I learn? I don't necessarily want to admit that I don't understand, you know, what different versions of margin mean or what margin means in general versus gross. Versus I, there's all kinds of financial literacy that marketers don't necessarily have. Who, do, who should they ask? Where should they learn? What, where are some safe places and ways that sales and marketing professionals can start to increase, improve their financial literacy?
1: Yeah. Great, great question. And I know you didn't tee this up for me, but I, about a year and a half ago, I published an ebook titled free yourself to work on your business, a journey into unit economics, free yourself to work on your business. We can put it in the, in the show notes, but the, the, the reason that ebook is useful is it is specifically designed to, in an approachable way, help professionals understand things like, oh, what is EBITDA margin? (laughs) How is profit calculated? And most important, what is gross margin on a customer, right? Because again, customer level profitability is the most important thing. Like that's the value that you create in your business. And so I architected it so that it's very understandable, very approachable. And other than that, I mean, there's so many approachable resources online to ask what sounds like simple questions like I should know that but no you don't you shouldn't necessarily know that just yeah. be willing and curious to to get a bit more informed. Yeah. I tried to create one way to do it. There are a lot of ways.
0: Yeah I would and we'll put a link to that ebook in yeah. our in our show notes for sure. Yeah I I would also add on to that you know no matter where you're at, just go to your CFO and just start saying, just asking questions like, what are the metrics that are most important to you?
1: What are the financial
0: metrics that are most important to you when you go to the board, when you have your quarterly earnings calls, when you report to your peers, what are the financial metrics that you would like to see from marketing moving forward? And I'll guarantee you that a good CFO is not going to see this as, oh my God, my CMO doesn't understand this. Oh, my marketing. They're going to be like, thank God you're finally asking this question. I am so excited to sit down with you and make sure that we are aligned around this. Because even if you can't precisely measure all of that, the idea that you will start to make priority and initiative and budget decisions based on the answers to those questions is a very exciting thing. (laughs) Your CFO and your CEO and your board. Um, So comforting. We got a little more time here on Sales SalesPaper Radio today. I want to shift and talk about life design. So your book, One Life to Lead, sort of talks about making better sort of business success through life design, and through deciding like, how can how do you lead? How are you successful as a leader? First, how are you leading yourself? um, Before you can lead others? There are so many things that I I think when I think of you, I think of your your expertise and experience around so many things. Why this topic? Why was this? where, Where was the where did the passion come from to create this book first?
1: The, the passion really uh, originated from a snowy drive in 2016 coming back from a ski trip in Bend, Oregon where we were my wife and I were listening to a Tony Robbins podcast and it triggered a question for me that created a moment in my life And the question when I turned down the radio and I asked my wife I, I said, where do we want to be in five to ten years? like why haven't we ever talked about that like in this critical, questioning way. And she kept the radio dialed down and she looked at me and said, oh, it's because it's never really been about us. It's been about you. You're you're an entrepreneur. We've just kind of been along for the ride. And interestingly enough, that moment began a journey that ultimately uh, crescendoed in my family and I moving abroad for a year, but really more than anything else that that was a metaphor for, hey, let's get in control of the life that we're trying to create rather than having a life created by others to us, right? We tend to put ourselves in our own cages of self limiting beliefs when we actually have a lot of opportunity, but we're not exercising it. And so I tried to put my life on a new trajectory. We moved abroad. And when I was finally able to step back and observe some of my own patterns and behaviors that weren't necessarily serving me, I could see that the impact that I was having on the businesses that I was leading was not a circumstance of the businesses I was leading. It was a circumstance of the way that I was approaching leading the business. And so the the phrase here is how you lead your life is how you lead your business. And where we all really want to get to, I think I would challenge everybody to want to get to this place of freedom, right? We all define freedom a different way, but for salespeople and marketing people and entrepreneurs, like we want to be free. Free might be making the impact that we want in the world. It might be spending time with the customers that we want. It might be financially free, but many of us are in this state of what I would call frazzled, right? And we want to move along this journey from frazzled to freedom. And much of that journey is a function of how are we approaching the life we are creating? And so what I determined is that there are about five areas in my life that were creating the greatest obstacles. So one was, shall I go through those, Matt? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, great. So one was a uh, grounding stories with facts we live in a world of storytelling and certainly as marketers and salespeople we spend a lot of time spinning stories but in our lives we sometimes spin stories that aren't really good for us stories about a thing that happened or maybe a thing that hasn't happened yet and oh my gosh if it doesn't happen what's going to happen to me and uh, it's all drama but it's not grounded in what are the facts ground stories with facts number one number two establish your principles We all operate with some code of integrity, but most of us haven't written down those principles as the non-negotiables for which we use to make decisions. And when we don't have good principles written down, we end up succumbing to other people's desires of us and and often compromise decision making because we don't have our own principles. That's number two. Number three is being attuned to where you get energy, energy from certain people, or energy from your job or energy from your geography. And when you know what gives you energy and what drains your energy and you're open to talking about it, you can move to what it is that gives and drains your energy, number three. Number four is get and stay in your genius zone. I spent a lot of time outside of the thing that I was uniquely qualified to do. And when I'm outside of my genius zone, I'm stepping on other people's toes and I'm sub-optimized. Own your genius zone, strive to stay in it, acknowledge when you're out of it, and plan to get more time inside of it, number four. Number five is execute and take action. Having the courage to take a leap and know, like in all areas of your life, you've always figured it out. Why would this time be any different? But for some reason, as we get a little bit older, maybe we get a little bit more successful, We become more risk averse. We don't want to leap because we're not sure what's going to happen. We don't want to run the experiment. And so we end up retreating to safety. So that the book really lays out those five steps, punctuated with stories from other entrepreneurs and a bunch of exercises to help people get in control of architecting a life by them.
0: It is such a great book. And I think especially here at the beginning of the year, you know, I think You know, sometimes we treat, you know, New Year's resolutions in the beginning of January as sort of this annual opportunity to sort of reset and recommit to things. Now, you can do it this afternoon. You can do it tomorrow. You can do it any day you want. But I think it's more than just, you know, clearing your calendar, more than just tactical things. But the five areas you just pointed out, um, you know, those have been instrumental in sort of my continued journey to try to sort of better lead myself, better be responsible for myself and I have directly noticed the more I feel in control and feel comfortable and feel successful there. I'm a better father. I'm a better husband. I'm a better leader. Um, And it is very much a journey and it is not just one directional. It's, it's forwards and backwards, but um, you got to be intentional about it. So highly recommend this book, one life to lead. Uh, You can learn more about it at Russellbenaroya.com. Go there. You can learn more about the book. Click on the blog link on com. You will see many of the interviews Russell has done with other entrepreneurs as part of their journey as well. A um, little over today, but totally worth it. Russell, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Oh my gosh, Matt. It's I've been looking forward to this. Such a pleasure. You have a great show and excited to reach your audience. Thank you.
0: Awesome. Russell Benaroya again, co-founder partner of Stride. Stride.financial. Russell uh, Stride
1: Stride.services. Stride Stride.services
0: dot services stride dot services all right perfect <laughs> we'll make sure we get that correct in our show notes awesome. russellmenaroya.com that part is right. All right legit one life to lead business success through better life design thank you everyone for joining us today uh first episode of the year sales pipeline radio we will be here each week next week every week at 11 30 pacific on thursdays my name is matt Heinz. thanks for joining us again we'll see you next week on another episode of sales pipeline radio thanks